This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you and welcome to the show. The Aldrich Family was a teenage sitcom that featured America's favorite teenager, Henry Aldrich. The creation of playwright Clifford Goldsmith, Henry Aldrich began on Broadway as a minor character in Goldsmith's play, What a Life. Produced and directed by George Abbott, What a Life ran for 538 performances. The Broadway cast included Eddie Bracken, Betty Field, and Butterfly McQueen. Now, the actor who brought Henry to life on stage was 20-year-old Ezra Stone, who was billed near the bottom of the 20th, as the 20th actor in the cast. He had the role of Henry until 1942. And tonight's episode features Bobby Ellis, who took over the show in 1952 and portrayed Henry Aldrich both in radio and television that year. Now, during the show's first two years, it was one of the highest-rating uh, radio shows alongside Fibber McGee and Molly, Jack Benny, and Bob Hope. The series was best known for its opening exchange between Henry and his mother, which kind of goes, uh, Henry Aldrich? To which the teen responded, Coming, mother. <laughs> well, we'll see what hijinks he gets into in tonight's show. <laughs> It's the Aldrich Family as transcribed, written by Clifford Goldsmith. Someone once said that when you finally grow up and leave your teenage behind you, it's like being expelled from paradise. You can't ever go back. But there's one thing you can do. You can recall that wonderful time of your life in The Misadventures of Henry Aldrich. The scene opens in the Aldrich living room. It's mid-afternoon. Now, listen, Mary, for the last time, I'm not going to ask you again. Where is it? I don't have it, Henry. All right, Mary, all right. Just remember, I'm not going to ask you again. Good. Why should I go around humiliating myself? That's what I say. Sure. The last time, Mary, where'd you put it? Henry, I give you my word, I don't know where it is any more than you do. All right, Mary, but I just want you to know that I know you took it. Mary took what, Henry? My... Nothing, Mother, nothing at all. Now, wait a minute, Mary, don't go upstairs. I'd like to make you a proposition. I'm busy. Now, Mary? But, Mary, will you let me search your bureau if I promise to put everything back? No! Henry? Sam! Hello, Alice. Dear, why in the world are you coming home from the office at this time of day? For a very special reason. Don't let me forget this envelope. Envelope? Is that why... Mother, will you please call Mary and tell her you want her downstairs at once? What for? She locked herself in her room. Henry, could you come in here? In just a minute, Father. I have to go outside for something. 
Jim, why are you home so early? Well, all summer I've been saying that sometime Henry and I ought to pack up and go off on a camping trip. Dear, you aren't going on a camping trip in October, are you? Why not? I'm all caught up at the office. But October... Well, this is a tang in the air. All the leaves are starting to turn color. It's a wonderful idea. What is there so wonderful about sleeping on the hard, damp ground with trees dripping things on you all night? That gets the poison out of your system. I'll come back a new man, and after all, I did promise Henry. I'm sure he's forgotten all about it. He'll enjoy it, Alice. He'll enjoy it. How long will you be gone? Oh, maybe two or three nights. Sam Aldrich. Mother, will you please call Henry? Where is he? He ran out in the yard and got the ladder out of the garage, and now he's putting it up to my window. Henry, will you please take that ladder back? Mother, he's practically off. Listen, Mary, for the last time. Good heavens. Dear, did you hurt yourself? No, Mother, I'm all right. I think. Henry! It's all right, Father. I can fix your ladder. Will you please come in the house? He can't, Father. He's all wrapped up in a rose bush. There, Alice, is a good example of why I should take Henry on a trip. He needs to get away from the house. What's wrong with the house? Nothing, nothing. It's just that Henry needs to work off a little of that energy out in the fresh air. Dear, he was just out in the yard. That isn't the same thing. Father? What, Henry? Did that ladder cost a great deal? Henry? Yes, sir? Sam, I've got to go up and get something in Mary's room. Very well. Uh, wait a minute, Mother. I'd like to go with you. Henry? Yes, Father? Would you mind waiting here, please? You want to speak to me now? I do. Oh. Henry, how would you like to get away from all this? You're going to send me away just because I broke the ladder? <laughs> how would you like to go on a camping trip? Alone? I'll go with you. In October? The weather prediction is warm and sunny for the next few days. Perhaps the last good ones we'll have. How about it? Go camping? Just the two of us? Yes, sir. We'll start this afternoon. Sleep right out in the woods. Catch our own fish. Cook our own grub. The only thing is, Father... That's trouble. I have to go to the movies tonight. To the movies? Yes, sir. A bunch of us sort of plan to go this evening. Well, and... Wouldn't you rather get out and... Eat your own fish and... But gee whiz, Father, they're counting on me to sit with them. Couldn't we go some other time? Well, not as well as today. Not any later this year. What's more, Homer Brown and his father may go with us. Homer and Mr. Brown? That throws a different light on it. But Homer's seen the picture and it doesn't matter to him. I see. Very well. Couldn't we go tomorrow, Father? No, Henry, if you don't care any more about it than that, then you needn't even think of going... Mr. Aldrich. Come in, Homer. I am in. I know. Hi, Henry. Hello, Homer. Mr. Aldrich, my father wanted me to come over and tell you he doesn't know why he didn't think of it before. But we can't possibly go on that camping trip. Why not? We have to go to a wedding this afternoon and a party afterwards. That's quite all right, Homer. I'm not sure I wanted to go camping anyway. Aren't you going at all, Father? Alone. Well, look. Gee whiz, I'll go with you. No, thank you, Henry. Sam, will you come upstairs, please? What's the trouble now? Mary's jammed the key in her door and she can't get it unlocked. I'll be right there. Father, wouldn't you like to join us at the movies? At my expense? Thank you, I would not. Henry, what did your mother say was the matter with Mary? Boy, do you know what she did to me, Homer, just to be humorous? No, what? She stole my diary. Your diary, Henry? My five-year diary. 
But you started this year. And Mary has it? Sure. And it's got into what I think of everybody I know. Including me? Sure. Well, come on. I'll help you look for it. Henry, may I have a talk with you? With I, Mother? Hello, Mrs. Ulrich. Hello, Homer. Would you mind stepping into the hallway for a minute? What? What do you want me to do out there, Mrs. Ulrich? Just wait till I'm through talking. Oh. Oh, oh, I get it. Well, I'm sure whatever it is, Henry didn't mean it. Mother Mary started the whole thing by taking my diary. That isn't what I want to talk about. Dear, your father feels rather badly. Father does? Because you'd rather not go camping. Oh. But, Mother, I told him I'd like to go. He said you insisted on going to the movies. Gee, I don't know where he ever got that impression. I'll admit I did mention the movies, because it's a picture I feel it's my duty to see. I didn't refuse to go camping. Well, you see, dear, your father does enjoy doing things with you. And I'm afraid this time he was just a little hurt. Oh. Well, gee, I didn't realize he was that sensitive. Maybe I ought to take him camping. Would you like to? Sure, it'd do him a lot of good. He needs to get away from the house for a while. The house? Sure, out in the fresh air in different surroundings. Gee whiz. Homer, what's the matter? Uh, nothing, Henry. This table drawer came out too far, that's all. Homer, why are you going through the whole table drawer? Looking for something of Henry's. Mother, father wants to know whether we have any iodine. What happened? He hurt his finger opening my door, and he's feeling very sorry for himself. Mother. Uh, yes, Henry. I'm not speaking to Mary. Will you please tell her I'll go up and get the iodine from father? Mother, I think Henry's entirely too sensitive. Mary, dear, do you know where Henry's diary is? Well, exactly what do you mean by that, Mother? I mean, did you hide it? Well, yes, but that's what puzzles me. Where did you put it? In the clothes hamper, and when I went back to get it, it was gone. Mary Aldrich. So I don't really have even the slightest idea as to where it is. For all I know, it may have gone to the laundry. Now, Mary, I don't think that was very nice. But, Mother, there wasn't one word in it the laundry could take offense at. Mrs. Aldrich, is Henry still upstairs? Homer, what are you doing in there? Well, did you know one of the drawers in your desk is locked? Homer, please leave my desk alone. Mary, I want you to do something for me. What is it, Father? Do you see this brown envelope? Yes. Well, before I forget, when a Mr. Warren calls for it, will you please be sure that he gets it? Certainly, Father. Sam, are you and Henry really going camping? Yes, Alice. We had a little talk upstairs, and I agreed to take him. Uh, Mary, did I write Mr. Warren's name on the envelope? Oh, my goodness, Father. I can certainly remember Mr. Warren, can't I? Well, don't lose it. It's extremely important. Mother, did Father tell you I agreed to take him? Yes, Henry. Mary, what's in that envelope? Don't you wish you knew? Can't you tell me? It's something very private. Sam, I'll go in the kitchen and boil a couple dozen eggs for you and Henry to take with you. Gee, Mother, you don't need to boil any eggs. No, Alice, we'll cook our own food. What food? The fish we catch. All we want is a little flour so we can make biscuits and some bacon. Hey, Henry. What, Homer? I found your diary. You did? What does this mean? It says, Sam dropped in tonight and I found him terribly nice, but very sensitive. Who's very sensitive? Homer, where did you get that? Well, you know that locked drawer in your desk? Uh, may I have it, please? <laughs> Can it be mine? <laughs> Alice, when did you write that? Uh, never mind. We can't read it? We certainly may not. I'm going to take it out and burn it. Well, come on, Henry. Let's go up and get into our old clothes. Sure, Father. So long, Homer. You're leaving me, Henry? Don't you want to go home? Well, I was going to look for your diary some more. Wait a second, Homer. I just had a wonderful idea. 
boy, will it kill Mary. It will? She's got a brown envelope, Homer. A brown envelope? She says it's very private. And before I go camping, I'm going to get it and hide it. You are? Sure, sure. The only thing is, Homer... You're not afraid of Mary, are you? Well, no, but maybe I really ought After all, Henry, you aren't going to open the envelope, are you? She was, no. You're just going to hide it for a few days to get even. I think it's a great idea. Sure. And boy, will that teach her a lesson about taking things that don't belong to her. Father. Yes, Henry? I don't mean to be critical, but don't you think the fish would bite better if we didn't whistle? Yes, good idea. Nice tangy day, isn't it? Just look at those leaves. Brown, red. I think I'll cast out here in this other direction. They don't seem to be biting very well. Give them time. They're just getting used to us. Boy, I have to laugh every time I think of it. Every time you think of what? The way I got even with Mary. <laughs> you did. She did I hide something of hers. Yeah. <laughs> I remember once when your Uncle John came to visit us. He left his bag up in his room. Father, what's the matter? I think I got a bite. Good. If we just keep quiet now. Keep being quiet. Try your hook a little. That's what I'm doing. Oh, gee whiz. What was that? It kicked our knapsack into the water. Oh, I can get it. Be quiet, though. All I have to do is to take my shoes and socks off and wade right out to where the... Pack is snagged. You better hurry, Father. The current's taking it away. Here I go. It's a little chilly this time of year. I'll get it all right. Be careful, Father. It's a little deeper than I thought. You want to throw me your coat, Father? No. I just have to take one more step. And... Who is Father? Father? Where are you, Father? Don't you have the slightest idea as to where you put it? I'm almost positive that I put it here on this hall table. And it was a brown envelope? Yes, about this big. Is that Mr. Warren waiting in the living room? Uh, no, dear. It's Will Brown, his uncle. Well, I'm going to ask him something. Oh, Mr. Brown? Yes, Mary? Does your Mr. Warren really need that envelope today? He sure does. He was down at your father's office this morning and got a little excited or something and walked off and left it. I see. Just how valuable is it? Well, it wouldn't be valuable to anybody else, but it certainly means a lot to my nephew. It does? He had his marriage license in it. Oh, is that all? That's all. He's planning to be married at 5 o'clock. Today? I hope you don't think I'd be wearing a cutaway like this a day ahead of time. <laughs> yes, sir. My nephew's whole future's in that envelope. Well, look, Mr. Brown, would you mind sitting down just a minute while my mother and I go through my room once more? Well, I won't sit down exactly. I don't want to ruin this coat. I'll just sort of lean against the wall. <laughs> Put another stick on the fire, Henry. That's what I'm doing, Father. Do I smell something burning? It's just the fire, I think. Boy, these fish sure are tasty, aren't they? Yeah. Have some more? I don't mind if I do. Sure was smarter, Mother, to put this can of sardines in the knapsack. <laughs> Your mother thinks of everything. They're even imported. 
Gee, you ought to see the big one I just got. Big what? Sardine? Mosquito. Father, <laughs> you aren't shivering, are you? No, no, no. I'm almost dry. Thirty is wonderful out here in the woods in October. Feel that tang in the air, Henry? I bet Will Brown's sorry he couldn't come with us. Well, whose wedding did he have to go to? His nephew, John Warren. Hmm, 20 minutes to six. Ought to be just about married. Father, is there any dessert? Yes, take this knife and cut a piece of that cake. Oh, gee whiz. Cut from the end that didn't go in the lake. You know, son, as soon as we're through eating, I think we'd better move on to a place where there aren't so many mosquitoes. Father, maybe you did smell something burning. What is it? Gee whiz, I didn't know you put your shoes right next to this fire. You go through that pile of papers, dear, and I'll go through this one. I've been through all of them twice, Mother. I just went through the trash pile, and there's no sign of any license there. Well, Brown, you haven't been going through the trash pile in that cutaway, have you? I used a long rake. <laughs> did I just hear the phone ring? If you did, don't answer it. Why not? They've been heckling us for two hours. When we find the envelope, my nephew can get married, and not until then. My goodness, look at this. What, Mother? I just found a Christmas card we never opened. Look why Mrs. Standish has been so cool to me all year. Wait until you see how my nephew reacts to you. Where's he going on his honeymoon? To New Hampshire. To New Hampshire? Well, they'll like it there. They will if they ever get there. Father, where are you? Here, Homer. Well, look, they wanted me to tell you the bride's having hysterics. Oh, my goodness. Hysterics, Homer? She says she's never going to speak to the groom again as long as she lives. That's a fine thing. <laughs> are all the guests still there? Sure. When I left, they just finished the wedding cake. Here, I, I brought you a piece. <laughs> Not now. Just help us look for that license. Well, what did it look like? It's in a brown envelope. A brown envelope? Uh, yes, dear. A brown envelope? About this large? What's the matter with you, Homer? Have you seen it? The marriage license? Yes. No, sir. Holy, do you know what I think? I think we ought to get in the car and find Mr. Aldrich. Sam Aldrich? He's with Henry. I'm positive that'd be the safest thing to do. Where is it they're camping out? They said up near McCorkle's Rocks. McCorkle's Rocks? Way up there? Well, gee, Father, we could find them in less than two hours. And I have a feeling that's the only thing to do. Alice, call the wedding and tell them to go ahead with the reception. We'll get the bride and groom married later. <laughs> Getting back to the troubles of Henry Aldrich. To get even with his sister, who had lost his diary, Henry has hidden an envelope which he believes is hers, and he's gone off on a three-day camping trip. He's unaware of the fact that the envelope contains an important marriage license. The scene is in the woods. The time is late at night. Father, where are you? Right here, Henry. Where? On this blanket. Oh. You think we'll like this place better than the last two places we unpacked in? There isn't a mosquito anywhere near here. Now lie down and get comfortable. Gee, I wish our flashlight hadn't dropped in the water. You don't need a flashlight. Father, have you any idea where we are? I know exactly where we are. We're about a mile and a half from the main line of the Y&R Railroad. 
Now lie down and go to sleep. I am. Hey, this is the life, eh, son? You think it'll rain? There isn't a chance. (laughs) Gee, what was that? Just a thunderstorm way over on the other side of the valley. Now close your eyes and go to sleep. Yes, Father. I wonder why the stars aren't out. Give them time. They'll come out. (laughs) Too bad Will Brown and Homer couldn't have come along with us. Who's one of you? Did you say it was? Mr. Warren, the young businessman who just moved to town. I expect to do a lot of business with him. What's that? Just some animal. (laughs) Why don't you just relax, Henry, and enjoy nature? Sounded to me like a train whistle. Well, it might have been a train over on the Y&R. Oh. Listen, Father, don't you think we ought to go some other place? Now, Henry, there's no sense in trying to go anyplace else. We'll be just as comfortable here as if we were home. Father, is it raining where you are? (laughs) Well, just a little. You better pull your blanket over your head. Well, that train whistle sounds closer. Well, of course it sounds closer. It's going to pass within a mile and a half of it. Father! Father, the headlight's pointing right at us. What's that? Do you feel any ties under you? How did we get way over here? Come on! couldn't have gone, but... What's the matter, Father? Nothing. I just fell down again. I never thought when I put this cutaway on, I'd be wearing it out hiking. (laughs) Do you want your piece of wedding cake now? I do not. All I want is that license. Here, Homer. Shine that light over this way. What is it? A campsite. Somebody cooked their supper here. Where? Right there. See? A sardine can and a burnt shoe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, probably a couple of tramps. Come on, over. Is, is that rain I feel? Oh, just the leaves rustling. Was that leaves, too? Oh, Sam! Sam Aldrich! Are you sure the front door was locked? I am. Let's try the back door. That's what I'm doing. Gee, don't you think we ought to call Mother? No. Feel softly? But there's no use disturbing your mother. It's nearly midnight. Bless you. Thank you. Father, why couldn't we sleep over at the Browns? When we drove by, the lights were still on. And the guests were still there, too. We're not walking in on any wedding party looking like this. Oh. We're the last people in the world they want to see tonight. Gee, even the windows are locked. Father, I know what we could do. What? Camp out in the garage. No, Henry, your mother would never let us hear the last of it. Oh, incidentally, when you see her in the morning, it won't be necessary to mention the fact that we lost a frying pan. How about your shoe that we lost? 
Well, that was an old shoe I bought at least two years ago. Hey, wait, I know how we can get in. Where are you going? The cellar door is unlocked. Follow me. Bless you. Thank you. I think everything is. Well, then, I wouldn't worry, dear. They'll probably go away in a few minutes. Uh, yes, of course. I hope I haven't disturbed you. Oh, no. No, not at all. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, who was it? It wasn't anyone, Mary. Uh, just Mrs. Kilmer. Mrs. Kilmer? She says not to worry, but there were two men outside. Two men, Mother? Now, don't be afraid. Every door and window is locked, except perhaps the cellar door. Didn't we lock that? Mary, we've got to go down and see whether we did or not. At this time of night? Yes, dear. Only let's not turn on any lights. I won't, Mother. Oh. Now, wait here in the hall, dear, while I answer the phone. Who do you suppose it is? Hello? Miss Aldrich, this is Joe Graham. Who? You know, the best man at John Warren's wedding. Oh, yes. Do you have any ideas to where Mr. Brown and Homer went? Uh, yes, up to McCorkle's Rocks to look for Henry and Mr. Aldridge. Well, they haven't come back yet. We're getting a bit worried. Oh, my goodness. Maybe I'd better take a couple of the guests and go out and try to find them. Well, hope I didn't wake you up. Oh, no, not at all. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. Mother. Yes, dear? I just ran down and locked the cellar door. Oh, you locked it? I never was so frightened in my life. And I was just in time, Mother. I could hear somebody right outside. Dear, I'm sure we're perfectly safe. Everything is locked. What's that? Now, Mary. Listen. Mary. Mary, someone's putting a ladder against the side of the house. They're going to climb in one of the windows. Shouldn't we call the police? Yes, dear. I knew all the time Henry shouldn't have left that ladder lying there on the ground. Wasn't it broken? I thought it was. I don't see how anybody... What time is it, Sam? Ten minutes to three. Are we almost home, Father? We are. Mary? Yes, Father? As long as you live, if you ever discover that Henry is keeping another diary, you are not to hide it in the laundry hamper or any other place. Is that clear? Yes, Father. And Henry? Yes, Father, I know. I thought you made a very nice best man, Sam. Thank you. Even if you were wearing cocky trousers. <laughs> Gee, it's too bad Homer and Mr. Brown didn't get there for the ceremony. Well, my goodness, the way they looked when they did get back, it's just as well. Anyway, it was a very nice wedding. Didn't you think the bride looked lovely? Oh, yes, Mother. A little sleepy, perhaps, but lovely. <laughs> I didn't like her so much. She was pretty darn cool to me. 
You don't say. <laughs> oh, bless you, Father. Sam Aldrich, are you catching cold? Certainly not. In October. It's just... Well, it's just... Frankly, I think there was a little too much tang in the air. <laughs> Radar can't do the entire job of protecting our country from a surprise air attack. That's up to us as individual citizens. Right now, the Air Defense Command needs 300,000 more volunteers for its Ground Observer Corps, made up of patriotic citizens who contribute a few hours of their spare time each week. Both men and women from teenage up can join the Ground Observer Corps and perform a valuable service to our country. Write a phone your nearest civil defense center. Or write to Ground Observer Corps, Air Force, Washington 25, D.C. Henry, did you see your diary here? Gee whiz, Molly, where did that come from? Well, I just came back with the laundry. What's this piece of paper with it? Oh, I didn't read it. It says, We cannot accept responsibility for laundering this article, but suggest you send it to a reliable dry cleaner. The Aldridge Family as Transcribed is written by Clifford Goldsmith. Henry is played by Bobby Ellis and Homer by Michael O'Day. Mr. and Mrs. Aldridge are House Jameson and Catherine Roth. Your announcer is Dick Dudley. Listen again next week, same time, same station, for another sparkling half hour with the Aldridge family. Good night, everybody. Stay tuned for The Saint next on Theater of the Mind. You're listening to Theater of the Mind on Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Time now for The Saint. The Adventures of the Saint, starring Vincent Price. The Saint, based on characters created by Leslie Charteris and known to millions from books, magazines, and motion pictures. The Robin Hood of modern crime now comes transcribed to radio, starring Hollywood's brilliant and talented actor Vincent Price as... The Saint. Hey, Mr. Templer. Yes, Louie? Starting to rain. So it is. You couldn't get a dinner back in town. You had to travel all the way out of here in the country to eat. Louie, I was invited to a dinner party, and Long Island is hardly the country. It's full of trees, ain't it? Uh, true. This does happen to be a rather lonely spot, but... The rain is getting heavier, too. I should have stood in Brooklyn. Oh, I'm sorry, Louie. What is a cabbie from Brooklyn doing out here in the middle of nature? Well, he seems to be driving a cab. I... Hey, uh, Louie. Yeah? Is it possible that the roof of your cab leaks? <laughs> it's possible. It's leaking. On you? On me. 
Well, after all, Mr. Temple, according to the chemistry books, were composed of 98% water anyway. Perhaps. I find the percentage high enough without any additions, however. <laughs> There's no extra charge. <laughs> We've got... Hey, Mr. Temple, the motor. Uh, it stopped. Yeah, so I noticed. Discouragement? No, it's possible the hood leaks, too. Yeah, that's nice. No, don't blame the motor. After all, it ain't composed 98% water. It shortly will be. <laughs> While we sit here and calmly contract pneumonia. Who's calm? Look, Mr. Temple, you know something? This could be the beginning of like a real horror story. It's the nighttime where two guys stuck out here in the wilderness. Long Island. The rain is raining, the thunder is thundering, and I'm scared. You know what ought to happen next? If this was a horror story... <laughs> That's what ought to happen next. It did. Oh, sound came from the left through those trees. Yeah. Oh, hey, I see lights. It must be a house. Doesn't seem very far away. But that's where the dog yelled from, huh? Yes, except that judging from the sound, the dog was outside. That's strange. Why would a dog be out in this downpour? Maybe he read a book on chemistry. Or maybe he's just leading the dog's life. <laughs> that was a joke, I think. Yeah. Well, I may laugh later at this moment. There's someone running down the road. Yeah, from the direction of the house. Look, he's heading for us. I hope you don't mind, but can you give me a lift back to Glenville? Oh, we'd be glad to, except that we're stuck here ourselves. However, you can join us inside. It's slightly less damp. Thanks. But I won't stay long. I don't care for the neighborhood. Yeah, how did you get here? I'm a camp driver. Well, where's your cab? Back there. That house? Yeah. The Hawthorne place. Well, why didn't you take your cab when you left? Because I was in a hurry. Because there was things closer to the camp than I was. What kind of things? Listen, young man. Nobody lives in the Hawthorne house. Nobody's lived there for over a hundred years. So tonight, back in town, I picked up a fare, and where does he want to go? The Hawthorne house. I'm an old fool, so I take him there. He gets out of the house, tells me to wait, goes inside. I walk around to stretch my legs. Then I notice the house is all lit up. I think that's mighty queer. But I figure maybe somebody new bought the place. Well, perhaps someone did. No, because I go around to the side, and I look into the house through the big front window, and I see who's in the house. It ain't anybody new. Well, who was it? It was the folks who used to live in that house a hundred years ago. Huh? And what was worse, they were sitting around a table... Eating dinner. Oh, I see. You say they were the people who lived there a hundred years ago. Well, how could you know that? Because of the way they was dressed. Because of the way they looked. Mister, I've lived in Glenville all my life. And there's pictures of the Hawthorns going way back in the Glenville Town Hall. Well, perhaps the people you saw were descendants of the original Hawthorns. Sure, sure. Except nobody dresses that way anymore. Except that one of them was bleeding onto the tablecloth with his throat cut open, and another was putting food into his mouth, only he didn't have a face around that mouth. Look, you're uh, positive you didn't imagine. All right, I imagined it. I'm crazy. Think whatever you like. But me, I'm getting out of here. So long. Hey. Let's us get out of here, too, Louie. Hmm? Oh, that's swell with me. Are we going to walk to Glenville? No, I'd like to take a look at that house. Why? Well, we may still be in time for dinner.
Yeah, but Mr. Templer, I ain't hungry. And besides, that guy might still maybe be bleeding. I doubt it. You do, huh? Why? You're forgetting we're 98% water, aren't you? Oh, that answer's supposed to cheer me up. It's the dog I'm worrying about, Louie. Why? Well, out here, a dog would be kept for companionship, protection. Therefore, why was that dog put out in the rain? I'd just as soon forget the dog. <coughs> Ooh, somebody is busy not paying attention to me. Oh, hey, that's the house, huh? Yeah, obviously. Colonial architecture, large, rather pretty. Huh. Brilliantly lit. With colonial electricity? Candles, Louie. Huh? You can see them through that large window. Chandeliers ablaze with candles. I can't see anything else except the ceiling. Oh, that must be the dining room. Yeah, probably. Mr. Templer, is all this real? It seems to be. Hey, a uh, bell pull on the door, huh? Mm. Ooh, the dog don't like our ringing the bell. Look, Mr. Templer, look. An elephant with teeth. It's a large dog. It's drenched. Look out for your hand. You could easily swallow it. Ooh, look, now he's heading for me. Mr. Templer, did I have to come all the way out here to feed a dog? Oh, don't be silly, Louie. He likes you. He's looking up at yeah, you. Yeah, trying to decide which part to start on. Louie, there's positively a light in his eyes. For all you know, you may be his ideal. Yeah, sure, his ideal dog food. Oh, get down. Mr. Templer, leave us go inside, huh? No one answered the bell. I wonder. Oh, it's open. Hey, look, the pooch. He's leaving. That's strange. He sounds terrified. But of what? I didn't say a thing. <laughs> Hallway seems empty. Let's go in. Ooh. Kind of quiet. Yeah. Not even a chain clanking, not even a creaking. Hey, Louie, there. What? There's a door down the hallway. It's uh, probably the dining room. I ain't hungry. House is old, dusty, unused. But there is a light. Maybe they forgot to turn the gas off when they all died or something. Dining room. I ought to run out and buy some oil for the door. Large table in the center, chairs all around. White linen and polished silver on the table. Yeah, plus dishes with food. Yeah. And food that's warm, Louie. Look, Mr. Templer, I don't like this. A house in which nobody's lived for a hundred years, miles from anywhere, all lit up with candles in the middle of the night. A table with fresh cooked food on it, and there's no one, no one at all at the table. Unless, um, unless we can't see them, Louie. Well, found a lot of cobwebs, Mr. Templin, a lot of empty rooms, but nothing to live in. No. May as well head back to the dining room. Don't let your appetite tempt you. Probably by now all the food has vanished. Hey, listen to that sound. Yeah. Like dishes rattling? Yeah. Come on. Maybe maybe the guests all, all came back. They were in the house. It would mean they'd all have to rush out into the rain, but why? They were thirsty, maybe. I don't know. What? The door's ajar. Shh, shh. Perhaps we can look in without being seen. Though. Yeah. I don't believe it. A butler. An old guy dressed in clothes that belong in a museum. Look at, he's got knee pants on with lace cuffs. And at that table, where there's no one seated, he's serving dinner. Maybe, maybe, maybe he's just practicing. For what? I heard of ghost writers. Maybe he's a ghost butler. <laughs> Suppose we go in and find out, huh? Yeah. Uh, good evening. Be still, if you please, be still. He's afraid we might disturb the guests. He's gathering some of the dishes. Going to the swinging door. 
probably leads to the pantry. Look, he's waving on us. Should we wave back? No, he wants us to join him. Come along. Uh-huh. Serving pantry. I, uh, beg your pardon. Indeed you should. But, uh, you are... Horton. Horton's the name, of course. But the footman must have told you that. The footman? Uh, Caleb, he let you in, didn't he? Shouldn't have directed you to the dining room, of course. But then he's getting old. You'd better go to your quarters at once. There, behind the main staircase. Glad you came along. We need you. Caleb isn't the man he used to be. But then he's been with the Hawthorns for so many years... I remember when he entered service. You do? It was the year old Boney got his toes toasted at Moscow. <laughs> <laughs> old Boney? <laughs> Can't stand around gossiping all evening. Guests might notice. Uh, get to your quarters, man. I've work to do. Hey. Look, he ducked out. Yeah. The door's locked. Probably a spring latch, which means we may as well go back to the dining room. Hmm? Look, you know, something's wrong with this whole thing. It, it, Mr. Templer. Who is Old Boney? Huh? Oh, that happens to be the nickname the English had for Napoleon, Louis. Oh, fine. So Horton says he remembers the year Old Boney got his toes toasted at Moscow. Look, my brother-in-law, Joey, you know, happens to be a very educated man. College man? No, no, graduated from the United States Army. He's now a mechanical-type engineer. Look, anyway, once he told me Napoleon was in Moscow in 1812. Yes, your brother-in-law was correct. But, Mr. Temple, that would make this guy Horton over, uh, over 150 years old. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid it would. A guy over 150 years old is dead. So what's Horton doing walking around, huh? Well, he may have been too busy to lie down and die. That does not put a twinkle in my eye. Look, Mr. Temple, I want to go home. Louis, there's a what? pattern here of some kind. A pattern for horror. And if that pattern is to mean anything, I... Hey, Louis. Huh? That closet there. Yeah, it's a closet, yeah. Yeah, suppose we open it. Look, I, I don't like to mention this, but in all old families, you know what they keep in closets? They keep skeleton in closets. Mm. Stepler, uh, he, 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 it fell down. Yeah, no skeleton, however. That I can see for myself. Fortunate thing on the whole. Why, what's fortunate about it? Well, with a skeleton, you could never tell whether or not its throat had been cut. His throat has been cut? Yeah, thoroughly. Let's go take a trip someplace. Let's go. Louis, what? Haven't you realized something else? I don't think I want to. This man here is dressed just as we are, not in the costume of a dead age. Well, it didn't help him any. Oh, you found something? Yeah. Long brown hair is clinging to his clothes and uh, various papers. In life, Louis, his name was Charles Gray. He was a lawyer. Oh, the Bar Association ain't going to like this. There's something else. What? He was carrying this document, Louie. Yeah, what is it? A copy of the last will of one Samuel Hawthorne. Hawthorne? Him we didn't meet yet. No. No, lots of closets we haven't opened yet, either. Yeah, we're not going to if I can help it. Well, what does the will say? And you better read fast because all them candles, you know, are beginning to give up. Uh, I, Samuel Hawthorne, being sound of mind and body, do hereby make this my last will and testament. It is my desire that all my heirs in time to come, in order to inherit my vast fortunes, must at least once a year open Hawthorne House and there give a ceremonial dinner to the neighboring gentry. In costume? Yeah. Uh At this dinner, 
Everyone present must wear clothing of my time. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. My heirs must be of high moral repute and avoid divorces. Obviously, the dead man here, Mr. Charles Gray, was the lawyer in charge of the estate and presumably came here to make sure the terms of the will were met. Okay, so now we know the ghosts weren't really ghosts. Yeah, but what? We haven't seen any of them. It's true. Nor any neighboring gentry. However, that stipulation was probably waived. Yeah, look, Mr. Templer, you know, we we better maybe get the police. Yeah, there aren't any phones around here, Louis. Couldn't we walk to Glenville? No, Louis, I, I think we're here for the night. Oh, fine, fine. It's right in with that patent for horror you mentioned. Oh, all I personally need right now is for someone to scream, good and loud. And... Mr. Templer, this makes the second time we've searched the house and found nothing. That was a woman screaming, Louis. Maybe it was a ghost. Ghosts aren't supposed to scream. They clank chains. Yeah, maybe this here ghost didn't know that. What, back to the dining room? Yeah, I suppose. Only room in the house with lights. Is that good? Maybe the corpse took a walk. Or... No. Still here. Yeah, and still dead. Ah, fellas. Having fun? Dressed up like Napoleon, too. Look, he ain't walking very straight. I hate to say I'm inquisitive, but, uh... Oh, Mr. Gray. It starts in a bad way, isn't it? Well, it's not especially normal. Um, I'm Simon Templer. And you? James Hawthorne, sir. Besides housebreaking, your occupation is what? Hey, you're the saint, aren't you? Yes, I am. Oh. Isn't the setting of larynxes rather an odd occupation for the saint? But it would be if I had cut Mr. Gray's throat... However, um, you're uh, Samuel Hawthorne's heir? Yeah, the current one, yes. Uh, You've been snooping. But there was a clause in the will about divorce. You've been overdoing that snooping. You're married, Mr. Hawthorne? Sorry. Would have helped supply a motive, I suppose, but I'm not, nor have I ever been fortunate or unfortunate enough to be married. A woman screamed a few moments ago. Uh, Who was she? I didn't hear. But you couldn't have failed to if you were in the house. But I wasn't. But you must have been been raining out. Your clothes are dry and spotless. Well, to be honest, I wasn't in the house, and yet I was. You searched the house, I presume? Yes, yes. You overlooked the cellar. I didn't find one. It's a tricky place to get to. The entrance is behind the chimney in the parlor. has something to do with colonial politics, perhaps. At any rate, I was down there. You're fond of cellars? There were, when they were equipped with bottles and bottles and bottles of Napoleon brandy. Yes. <laughs> uh, now... If you don't mind, I'll sit down. I have another few hours to remain in costume and here. In order to comply with the terms of the will. I'm sleepy. I shall, therefore... That's polite. It's more probably brandy. So what do we do? Sit here and listen to him snore? Napoleon keeps cropping up all the time. Mm. Louis, Mm. suppose we go downstairs and have a look at his bottles, hmm? Mm. Oh, some staircase down to the cellar. Yeah, it's very narrow. My shoulders keep rubbing against the wall. And a dirty wall, too. Hey, look, the cellar's all lit up. Candles on barrels. Hey, and lots of barrels, not to mention kegs and casks and everything. Hands up! Yeah, casks and blondes and... I said hands up! With forty-two caliber revolvers. 
42? You didn't expect me to be armed, did you? I'm afraid we didn't expect you at all, Miss... Naturally, you would say that. But this isn't going to work out the way you thought. I'm afraid I haven't had any thoughts reason to... Look, Mr. Temple, she's running up the stairs. Yes. Hey. She bolted the door behind her. Oh, Mr. Temple, that was a very solid type of door leading to the cellar. And the cellar is about six miles underneath the ground, and we're locked in. Oh, don't worry, Louie. We'll be released in time. In time for what? A funeral? That girl was beautiful, Louie. She's on the other side of a locked door, so what good does it do you, huh? I can worry. Oh, this is an occupation for a grown man. Worry about what? The part she's playing in this entire mask. Mr. Temple! Yeah, those were shots. Did they answer your question? Hardly. We don't know who shot at whom. The girl had a revolver. Yeah, so she had. Still locked? Yeah, still locked. Now, don't bother, Louie. Yeah. No one will answer. Oh. May as well go down again and make ourselves comfortable. Yeah. For how long? 20 years? Oh, don't be silly, Louie. You got an optimistic thought? We'd never last 20 years down here. You know something, Mr. Templer? Hmm? I'm beginning to feel aged in the wood. <laughs> you better restrain yourself. Hmm. We've only been down here half an hour, perhaps. Hmm. Hey, hey, the Marines have landed. Yeah. Oh, let's get another bottle. Get another bottle. Uh, definitely an amphibious operation. Oh, Mr. Templer. Templing, huh? Well, not exactly. Ah, very naughty of you. Don't mind admitting that's why I'm here myself. Need another bottle of brandy. Don't know what happened to that one upstairs. It, it's all empty. Must have evaporated, huh? Oh, perhaps those shots frightened it out of the bottle. Oh, you had them, too. Yeah. I had them myself, you know. Matter of fact, I'm violating no confidence when I tell you those shots were fired at me. Whoever shot at you couldn't have had very good aim. Fortunately for me, no. Carl, dear cousin Carl, happens to be, and I permit myself to be vulgar... A lousy marksman. Or should I say marswoman? Carla being blonde and beautiful. Oh, you've married. She's next in line for Samuel Hawthorne's pretty little fortune, you know. If I should happen to be disqualified or dead. Well, you have your bottle. Suppose we go upstairs, hmm? An idea. Bottle staircase. Plaster walls. Absorbed from one's shoulders, huh? Can I rub it off, either? Back in the body. Mr. Temple, you have a reputation for these things. Who cut Mr. Gray's throat? A murderer. Oh, very pretty, would say. But, uh, but why? It was Mr. Gray's task to see to it that the provisions of the will were observed. His death, therefore, must have had something to do with that. You're a bachelor? Indeed I am. Was he? No. A pretty little wife. Oh, oh she'll be desolate. As a matter of fact, Really thinking about her grief makes me desolate. Mm. Therefore, touching this bottle, and I hope you won't think me too terribly selfish, I shall toddle off to Betty by a dusty bed, perhaps, but it's almost morning. <laughs> hey, good night, gentlemen. Him, I am very glad to see go. But how about us? Now we go for the police, Louis, if mm. your cab will start. However, Carla... Oh, let's not look for her, huh, Mr. Templer? A girl with all those calibers don't appeal to me. Oh, you're being narrow-minded, Louie. After all those shots, how many calibers can she have left?
wet out, it's cold, it's dark, but do I mind? No. Out here, at least, no ghosts. No corpses, neither. Louis. What? Look. Oh, the other cab. Let's have a look, Louis. Hmm. Oh, I didn't like that. Hmm. Should I take a look, too? You might as well. Okay. I'll take... Wow, wow, wow. The frightened cab driver, Mr. Templer. Yes, except that nothing will frighten him anymore. Mr. Templer, this here's not a healthy neighborhood for throats. His has been cut, too. Yes, same technique is used on Gray. Louis, we've got to get back to the house. You don't like our throats the way they are? Come along, Louis. It's no time to go to Glenville. There's lots of time. In which a murderer may kill again. Oh, let's change a few subjects, huh? Very well. Yeah, I've got three questions, Louis. Why did the cab driver, whose body we've just seen, lie to us? Why did Carla think she was in danger from us? And can a bachelor be divorced? The answer to the last one, I know, he can't. Right. Therefore, we know who the murderer is, don't we? That dog. Yeah, we know about him, too, don't what we? What do we know about him? You remember I mentioned the long brown hairs clinging to Gray's clothes? Yeah. Well, those hairs must have come from the dog we saw. The dog, therefore, belonged to Gray. Uh-huh. Hey, Mr. Templer, uh-huh. down the hall in that alcove? Yeah, if I move quickly. Uh-huh. Oh, no. Let go of me. Hello, Carla. Going to run away? Uh, no, but I won't let go of the gun. Oh, yes, you will. It's much too heavy for you. Uh-huh. Ow. Now, just come along with us. All right. You don't try anything. I won't, except for catching a killer. A killer? But what... Mm, We want the dining room. Well, everybody back so soon? Nearly everyone, Mr. Hawthorne. Oh, I'm glad you got Carla's gun, Mr. Templer. She might not miss me again. We don't know that it was she who shot at you, do we, Carla? Why? It would be easy to discover if this gun has been fired recently. Well, maybe I did shoot at him, but I... There's something else that should come first... Charles Gray was murdered in this house earlier tonight. Why? Both you, Mr. Hawthorne, and Carla covered a fortune. That's why you're both here. Yeah, Mr. Templer. Louis, all Mr. Hawthorne had to do was spend the night here in appropriate costume and also refrain from appearing in a divorce case. A bachelor can appear in a divorce case, can't he, Mr. Hawthorne? Mm. You found the papers for the divorce suit on Gray. Amy Mia's correspondent, eh? He was always so touchy about his wife. I didn't find them. Doesn't matter, however. I knew they or something like them had to exist. On the other hand, if Horton, the ghost butler we found serving dinner earlier this evening, is really insane... You're trying to pin the murder on him? He left the house in time to have committed it. There's usually a motive, you know. Mr. Hawthorne, which murder are you talking about? I, uh... Gray's murder, naturally. No, Because Horton wouldn't have had to leave the house to kill him. Gray was murdered in this room. But you accepted my statement about having to leave the house to murder. We're both talking about the cab driver's murder, aren't we? What cab driver? The one who brought Gray here, the one who saw Gray murdered, the one who fled and then thought things over and decided to return for a little exercise in blackmail. Yeah, Mr. Templer, you said he lied to us, but what about? You remember, Louis, he told us he'd looked into the dining room through the front window and had seen the ghosts at dinner? Yeah. Do you also remember, however, that when we got to the house... Yeah, we looked in the front window, too. Yes. Yeah, and all we could see through it was the chandeliers and the ceiling. I said so myself. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. The cabbie lied. And died for it. Look, I haven't been outside the house all evening. You must have been. You claimed you were in the cellar when we first met. Yes. That's why you didn't hear Carla scream. 
But the cellar stairway is narrow. It's impossible to avoid getting plaster on your shoulders. Plaster that can't be rubbed off. And yet when we first met, I remarked that your clothes were spotless. They should have been wet. Nonsense. You'd had time to change from your ordinary clothes. You didn't think of rubbing plaster on the costume, however. (laughs) Too bad. You might then have applied to the scarlet of murder a coat of whitewash. I was hiding in the cellar because James had threatened me. You see, I knew Mr. Gray was going to sue his wife for a divorce and name James. Mm, And if he did, you would inherit all the Hawthorne money? Yes. I was terrified that he would kill me. I see. Tell me about Horton, Carla. Poor Horton has been hired every year for the occasion. He's very, very old. Now tell me about you, Simon. (laughs) Well, I... Mr. Templer, I don't mean to interrupt you and Miss Carla, but it's... Uh, Louie, you don't have the ghost of a chance. You have been listening to another transcribed adventure of The Saint, the Robin Hood of modern crime. Now here is our star. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Vincent Price inviting you to join us again next week at this same time for another exciting adventure of The Saint. Good night. This script of The Saint was written by Louis Vittes. In the cast, you heard Adrian Martin as Carla and Edmund McDonald as James. Tudor Owen was the butler. Fred Shields, the cab driver. Louis is played by Larry Dodkin. The Saint, based on characters created by Leslie Charteris, is a James L. Safier production and is directed by Helen Mack. Vincent Price is soon to be seen co-starring in RKO's production of His Kind of Woman. Your announcer, Don Stanley. Three chimes mean good times on NBC. Whether it's comedy, music, or drama you're after, you'll find it on the big show today. And today also means a one-hour adaptation of F. Scott Fitzgerald's exciting novel, This Side of Paradise, presented by Theatre Guild on the Air and starring Richard Widmark and Nina Foch. April is Cancer Control Month. Guard your family against cancer by joining the 1951 Cancer Crusade. Mail your generous contribution to cancer, care of your local post office. Hear the cast of Green Pastures today on NBC. Thanks for listening. Tomorrow night, it's The Lone Ranger, followed by The Great Gildersleeve. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.